Blog Talk Radio. Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on a podcast system, please leave positive feedback because it helps people find the show. And this is episode... 136, Laura Ingalls Wilder Fandom Roundup 2022. And before we get too far in, let's do a little housekeeping. And that is the sound effect that I always play when I do the housekeeping segment on the podcast. Uh, For those of you on the podcast, today is housekeeping because I'm actually doing this podcast twice. I'm doing it here as a radio show, and I'm doing it on Facebook Live, and people can watch it there, too. I did not give anybody a heads up, but I hope that... uh, Some people might be there enjoying watching it anyway. So I am, because I had some issues with the mic last time, I am hoping that my mother calls in a couple minutes and tells me if she can hear me or not, which is always a good thing. Uh, But before we go into that, let me just tell you that if you want to be part of the show, Call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. Or you can chat if you want to. And the chat is coming up. Uh, Aline, Aline says that she can hear me quite well on Facebook. That's good. It's a different mic, not this one in front of me, but that's good. I'm glad I can be heard somewhere. Um, okay, and the chat is open. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to tell you about is that uh, we have a video coming up again this week. This is the trees at the dugout site. Uh, if you listened to my episodes about my Walnut Grove trip over the summer. Uh, one of them I will I talk about my last day there. And I had put off, I had quite a few things I wanted to do at the, at the dugout site with the creek. And I thought, oh, I'll wait till this third day. There'll be fewer people around. I'll be able to get it done. And For the first time ever, it actually hailed on me at a Laura Ingalls Wilder site, and the storm kind of continued for a while, and I really had 
no excuse not to know it wasn't going to storm because the video I did today is a picture of the leaves and the trees that is right by the turn-in to get to the dugout site. And I say, you know, this looks like it's going to storm. I hope it holds off. And it did look like it was going to storm because when the leaves turn over, that means it's going to storm, according to my grandfather, who was very good at predicting the weather. Much better than I am. But anyway, said, you know, it looks like it's going to storm. And about 10 minutes later, it stormed. But the video is of the wind in the trees, which I personally, despite the fact it's clearly burning up, you know, to be a storm, I really like the sound of the wind. So I hope you enjoy it, too. And... Uh, so that's what the video is for this week. This month, I have been having a video every week. I've got one more pre-done. I hope we'll be getting enough to do every week in March, too. And we are just continuing. We are just uh, continuing to wait for my mother to call and see if she can actually hear me on the phone. There she is. Welcome to the episode. Can you hear me, Mom? Yes. Okay. Well, that is what I needed to know. Thank you. I think she's hanging up. Yep, she hung up. (laughs) She called me up. Yep, hung up. Okay. So, Uh, Let's see. I think that is probably all the housekeeping that we're going to do for right now. I should mention that I am possibly going to do another episode um, probably sometime this week on um, going to New Orleans with my friend Kelly, who loaned me the microphone. And um, that's probably about it just for this month. So with that... Let's uh, finish up our housekeeping. And with that, that gets us into the episode. Now, um, I've gotten the things kind of uh, broken up in order by the home site. I normally do that. I try and have... um, I try and break it up by home site in the order that Laura lived there. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is a new living history event that they started at Pepin. Now, if you have not been to Pepin, there are two, I'm going to say two major parts. There's some argument I think that could be made whether you included other things or not, but, um, it, one is the birthplace replica cottage, and the other one is the museum that's actually in the town of Pepin. And it, when they first built the original replica cabin, they had furniture in it. It was housed to look like a cabin where people lived. And at that time, they only had it open when they could man it, and they had a grant, so they were paying married couple to be there a couple hours every weekend day and they there is enough traffic on that road that 
goes in front of the cabin, that they were really not feeling secure being there them by themselves, according to the articles in the newsletter. And there was no phone there at the time. And the bathrooms were the less good outhouses that are behind the cabin now. Uh, at least they were there last time I was there. There's a nicer set of outhouse type bathrooms now, but the original one's still there. So I think they were um, not really enjoying it too much, so they ended up moving all the furniture that was in the cabin back to the museum. And so since then, there's really just been a oddly large and heavy picnic table uh, in the cabin, and that's all there is uh, when there isn't the, the Laura days going on where they have quilting stuff everywhere. But they had decided this year they got some uh, history reenactors to come in one day a month from May to... I want to say October, I'm not sure, uh, to come in and they brought furniture back in and they were doing actual historic things that the Ingalls family might also have done. And I think that's great to breathe some life back in the cabin. I haven't been up there since it started, so I do not know uh, if they leave furniture in it other than for that event or how much furniture they bring in for that event, but uh, they just started it this year, and it and it looks like we're fairly confident they're going to be doing it in 2023 also. So if you can't get there for uh, the Laura Days, which is something else to discover to discuss in this Looking Ahead to 2023 episode, but if you're not getting there for the Laura Days, then uh, to try for one of these Laura or Home at Laura's Place events. And the listing for the dates for this year will be in my 2023 post, which I have not done yet because I'm still working on it. The other thing Pepin added was a cemetery walk. If you haven't done a cemetery walk, it is where they get um, usually local volunteers. Sometimes they're theater people. Sometimes they're reenactors. Sometimes they're just people. Uh, and they research graves and then they appear on the grave as the ghost of the person and they're really very interesting I did the one at Baroque when they did it oh, quite a few years back and I really enjoyed that one uh, they've done to a couple of them here one of them the church is a little ways that way um, had a cemetery walk one year, and I really liked that. So Pepin did that this year in October, and I think they're going to be continuing that also. Independence had their Prairie Days celebration again. Uh, it was originally multiple days, which is why they call it Prairie Days plural, but it's usually just one day now, Prairie Day. And they are actually moving to be celebrating Grace's birthday as a more, no, not Grace, I'm sorry, celebrating Carrie's birthday as a more important event. And Eileen is saying that uh, that uh, Pepin was great in 2019. Oh, I bet she means the um, Pepin walk, the cemetery walk. 
All right. So that moves us on to Walnut Grove. Walnut Grove had the 50th anniversary for their pageant. And it was not the first Laura pageant to be done, but it was the most theatrically done. I always say that Walnut Grove is like uh, the Hollywood version of the story. And they have all sorts of special creative effects. They had a man named James Merchant write the original script, which I personally loved. And they have changed it and polished it over the years. And I was there uh, speaking at their family festival that weekend. And so I got to go to the 50th anniversary party. And Yailene says she did mean the cemetery walk. Um, So I got to go to the anniversary party, and I even got my picture in one of the cast photos, which I thought was all sorts of awesome. And I'm trying to decide. Yep, okay. So uh, another thing that they were working on is that they did – Uh, They uh, are working on restoring the master's store. Now, it's not the master's hotel, but it's the master's store in Walnut Grove. And Pa, we know Pa helped build this building. And as part of the refurbishment, they're pulling out boards and some of the things that were in there. And in those boards, there are nails. And those nails are uh, potentially a very good chance that Pa Ingalls, Charles, held those nails. So for a donation, you can get one of the nails that Pa Pa probably held and maybe even nailed into the building, which is all kinds of awesome. They also opened up some furrier staircases to the second floor. So uh, the grandma's house in uh, the kind of interior museum grounds and the master store across the way both have exterior staircases now so you can get up to the second floor. And one of my videos that I did this month is standing up on um, uh, on that balcony looking out over at the museum. And there's Melissa Southworth. Thank you. I like this shirt, too. Uh, let's see. So we talked about that. We talked about that. The I did not check and make sure whether it was this year or last year, but the um, children's chapel that Walnut Grove had as part of their grounds, uh, it was also torn down. So this year... The Walnut Grove Pageant Group has been republishing highlights of their pageant programs. Uh, These are normally only available the year that they are presented. So uh, take a look on their Facebook page or their Twitter account, and you can look some of the old pageant things through the years. And their version of the birthday party was they had – uh, Caroline, people who had played Caroline in the original play 
is part of an online reunion, and that was for 2023. But that was just sort of culminating their ongoing anniversary celebration. The pageant had a meeting on September 30th to get input on their new five-year plan. And I have to say that besides being very professional coming up with props and things, they are also very professional in how they handle stuff. So they actually have a five-year plan and follow it. The uh, wagon that they use is part of the pageant. They have a covered wagon, and the wagon wheels needed repairs, so they had pulled the wheels off of it, uh, loaded up the wheels, and took it to Hanson's uh, store in uh, South Dakota, which is very well known for restoring historic uh, wagons and sleighs and all that kind of stuff. They are, in fact, the ones that restored the, the farm wagon that the Smet has on display in the museum grounds. And they have a really national reputation, not just in Laura fandom, but, you know, if you want something done to a wagon and you have the money to pay for it, you want them to do it. So that's where they took that for, and the covered wagon should be back. They learned, uh, among other things, they learned that wagons wagons weigh more than you think and uh, to wear old clothes because there is a lot of grease. That is is definitely, definitely true because they, um, not having a lot of the parts that we have to make a car go, uh, they had gotten over that fact by putting lots and lots of grease uh, in the wheels to cut down on the friction. And you need to put an awful lot of grease kind of constantly in the uh, wagons to make them go. Let's see. And this was the second year, 2022, is the second year of their Loose Gravel Music Festival that they are having a second event during the summer to use the fact they have this um, beautiful space that uh, is like a natural amphitheater, and they have the music contest for, or, um, for that. And they'll be having it again this year. The pageant had a new website open last year and one of the features was a live chat and they decided to cut it off January 9th. Now, uh, I don't think it's coming back uh, 2020, January 9th, 2023. I don't think it's coming back because they do not have a full-time employee and I'm thinking that the business that lets them to operate out of them as far as ticket sales was just getting too much traffic on that chat feature. But anyway, it's gone, so you have to call or email. Which gets us to Baroque. And I just want to mention this. This is actually probably more of a 2023 report thing. But they Zoomed their, Baroque Zoomed their annual members meeting, which I wish I had known about ahead of time. But I hope that they continue doing this because 
I always say you do not want to be driving around in Laura country in the middle of the winter. So the idea to get to see it without having to drive up there would be great. Uh, they had quite a few fundraisers this year, including Laura's sack lunch drive through And I think they had it a couple times where they were going to um, be, instead of trying to have a big space where everybody could come in and eat, they would have to-go portions. And you just go through and do that. Laura Days this year was June 24th and 26th. Uh, Wendy Lou Lee, who's one of the actresses who played Baby Grace, was one of their was their big guest star, uh, and I did not get to it this year. I'm sorry to say. They also the big big event in Baroque during 2022 was that someone had donated the one room school to them. Now the school Laura attended was a two story school, and it's no longer there, but there, Iowa is full of one-room schools. Um, pretty much Iowa had more one-room schools than anybody and still has quite a few of them around. So this particular one-room school had been moved into town to, uh, to the top of the hill right next to where the old church is. The old church currently functioning as a church, not the one by the cemetery. And uh, at the top of the hill there, they had this one-room school as an artist studio, and whoever has it now was trying to get rid of it, and they got, they either, I'm not exactly sure if they donated the, the building or and just had them pay for it, or if they sold it for something, but they moved the school from the top of the hill down to that big empty space. Now, there has anybody who's been to Baroque since the museum opened, you know that there is the Master's Hotel, and then uh, next to it, and I'm standing as uh, as if I was standing behind the hotel. There's the, the Master's Hotel building. There was a big, lovely open space with a path down and a picnic table, and you could really, it was a lovely little space. And then on the far side was Mercantile that used to be uh, a restaurant and at different times, it was the post office and an antique store and just all sorts of different things. And they have moved the school, bringing it up to street level with a full basement and put it there right next to the, um, to the Master's Hotel building. I have not seen it um, except for pictures. And I look forward to getting to see what it does. They got quite a few grants this year, and they also set up a little library, which is uh, basically a, a box where you put in books and people can take them and give them back. And that gets us to dismiss. Now, last year, um, in 20, at the end of 2021, they had taken Pa's tombstone down to have it re-engraved because it is, well, it, it is marble, and that doesn't, unpolished marble does not, stand, does not stand up very well to the functions of being a tombstone. So you really, it was kind of hard to read, and they were going to re-carve it 
they did not recarve the quote that was at the bottom. But I also found out as part of that 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 wasn't the first time they had recarved it. So that has got a whole other blog post I haven't published yet on it. So that, and so in 2022, the tombstone came back. It's lovely. It's carved. It's back in its rightful place. And there will be a blog post about that coming out real soon. They changed their program, their pageant into SMET this year, and they changed their pageant into SMET all the time. Walnut Grove has been having the one and polishing it and having it great. Into SMET, it's almost every year a different program. And this year, it was On the Prairie, which was an original production, and it is described as featuring Laura and early to SMET history. And they have been using that kind of description for several of the things they have done recently. I thought it sounded like a great idea the first time they talked about it. I really wish they'd do a little bit more on the early dismet history side than they have done so far. But they're very interesting productions. And they have also added a holiday pageant a barrel full of Christmas memories radio play, which is pretty close to a reader's theater production. And they are, they did it both on Facebook live and on the South Dakota PBS station and as a ticketed live event. So apparently if you want to drive around South Dakota in early December, you probably would have a chance to buy a ticket and go to the radio play live also. There was a new column in the Kingsbury Journal, which is the replacement for the Dismet News, uh, that is called Laura's Corner, and it has various, various full do um, columns for it, and it started this year. The Memorial Society in Dismet also started a regular to do regular short Facebook Live programs where they talk about different topics, and they also and people here on Facebook are getting an advantage here because people on the podcast can't see. But I got a letter from Laura Whitaker, and it has. It has Flat Laura. So uh, this is part of a program based on a book called Flat Stanley where this kid was smushed flat and then would travel by mailing himself around. So we've got uh, Laura Flat, and we'll be taking her around to uh, get some pictures with Flat Laura. And I'm excited about that and glad that I get to be part of that program that started in 2022. Uh, The Memorial Society also uh, started a traveling exhibit called Drawn to the Land um, with a pop-up. And it really looks like it is a pop-up. You know, you see those chairs people have and it just kind of goes bong and there's fabric stretched. That's that's what this is. It's just printed fabric. Uh, Dismet last in 2021 was elected 
the best historic small town in America. And they had the election again this year. And this man only made it to six, which is sad. But there you go. The, they also at the Memorial Society got a graphic design intern to design stuff this last summer. So if you're seeing changes in what they're doing out of um, that, it's probably partially coming from uh, coming from designer. The other thing that we got was that a man named Joshua Wright took over as the director at the Smet at the Memorial Society, and. The Ingalls Homestead always has the best stuff. It is really great to see it. And if you don't go to their website regularly to check out their page of what's going on around Dismet, you really should. It is pretty cool. Moving on to Mansfield. Um, Mansfield has Rocky Ridge Adventure Pioneer Camp and joins uh, Spring Valley, who already had Elijah Jane's. Uh, day camp program with having a summer day camp. They had also their Wilder Days this last year, September 23rd and 24th. Sadly, they ha their pageant has not come back. I sure hope it does. It was a wonderful pageant. I hope it comes back. But so far, no sign of that. Their Loring's Wilder Children's Literature Festival has uh, continued to uh, roll out. And November 3rd and 4th, it has its own weekend to itself now. You can go meet authors from who do children's literature um, well, from all over. I think a lot of them are from Missouri, but there's different people there, too. And you can get your book signed. You can tour the uh, Rocky Ridge and all that stuff. Jean uh, C. Cody, who was, and I'm probably mispronouncing her name, but she was the involved with Mansfield in one form or another from the 60s to when she died a few years back. And they have an event in her honor where school teachers uh, get a cut rate price on a ticket and that is the it was November 5th I think it's like the Saturday closest to some it's her birthday or something uh, and this year as part of the Children's Literature Festival they awarded the Laura Ingalls Wilder Medal to Louise A. Jackson Fallon and Wilkinson LLC continue restoration work they have been um, taking different things from the farmhouse at Rocky Ridge. They did a quilt. They did Davenport. They are doing, or they just finished up a sleeping couch. And they've recreated the fabric that uh, was on it. And it, it's very impressive. And I am looking forward to seeing that. I am uh, have going down for Wilder Days this year on my schedule. And hopefully I'll get to see it then. Mansfield is also selling boxes of the original edition of the Rose Years in wooden box. They found out that they, uh, this somebody had a whole like 
room full of original editions of Rose of the books about Rose, Rose years. And they sold them to Mansfield and now they're selling them in a nice little uh, packaged wooden crate. Wilder Days, which has been going on for a long time, had its own t-shirt this year. You could buy it through the museum. The Mansfield Area Historical Society and Museum has a new building built in Mansfield that they modeled after the Mansfield Depot. The painted trim on Rock and the Rock House was repainted green. They said that Laura's favorite color was green and that they had done some testing on the paint and that it the trim was originally green. Uh, it has been dark red since I've known anything about it. I'm not necessarily loving the green, but I will go see it in person and we'll take a look. Now Malone did a, a event, just sort of a fundraising campaign thing in, in December. Dean Butler did four Farmer Day readings as part of a membership campaign. And if you joined during that, uh, he also had done a recording of The Night Before Christmas and uh, did that. The Keystone Area Historical Society has a new director, Casey Sullivan. The Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association started doing online events. And while not everybody can go to the conference, uh, the, you can, uh, if you're a member, can attend one of their uh, online things. They are not recorded, so it's then or never. And they had Bill Anderson do one at the beginning of February this year. And I have to say that it was Bill's thing is well worth it. Uh, if they continue to get good speakers, I think it may be worth that being a membership just for that alone. You do have to register for each individual program. And again, you have to watch them live. I started posting uh, YouTube videos again this year on Trundlebed Tales after I had had major fights with the computer that had my editing program on it, but I've been working back trying to get new episodes up, and as I said before, I got one up today. The Little House in the Prairie, the musical, is out in local productions. It came out just at the end of 2019. So pretty much everything that was scheduled for it in 2020 was canceled, but there were actually a few, uh, at least four performances given of it in 2022 at different different venues. If you want to see Little House on the Prairie the Musical, it is available to buy the rights now, so ask your local theater companies to see if they'll do it. Let's see. Queen's Treasures is a company that does sort of takeoffs on the American Girls, that style of dolls, and they are they sell a lot of equipment and accoutrement and things that you might need to go with your historic dolls, and they do a Laura doll, 
and they do a Mary doll. And this year they started out a new set of itty bitty little teddy bears that come in a box. And you can get the Ingalls family or you can get the Olsen family or you can get both. And uh, it's really different than anything else they've done before. I'm not quite sure how that got started, but they started it last year. The Pomona Public Library uh, has had an annual Laura Ingalls Wilder Gingerbread Sociable uh, in uh, 2020, has had one basically since 1967, about 10 years after Laura died. And the Friends of the Library does it as a fundraiser. They um, used to be, uh, they uh, just, they used to have the Friends of the Library do them and they'd have like a citywide spelling bee there and all sorts of different things. They, so they used to be a lot bigger than they are now, but they haven't had it. Um, and they did not hold it in 22. They were expecting it to return in early 2023, but that did not happen this year. Hopefully it does come back because, you know, it was it was going for so long that it would be a shame to lose it now. Nelson Pioneer Farm in Oskaloosa, Iowa, is a well-known regional living history site. And the Nelson that Nelson Pioneer Farm is named from is they were wealthy farmers and they have their house there still. And the lady of the house, was at the School for the Blind close to or during the time that Mary was there. So um, they haven't gone through all the papers yet. I'm still hoping they've got some there in New York Point. They do. People throw out historical things from the family, even when they know I mean, when they can read them, and nobody can read New York Point hardly. Anyway, uh, and then the Quote Investigator, which is a website that tracks down who says what and did they really say it. And they did home is the nicest word there is this week, which gets falsely attributed to Laura Ingalls Wilder all the time. It was said by the character of Laura Ingalls in Little House on the Prairie, the TV show. It was written by and spoken by the two main or the two writers on the show and if you go to quote investigator there's a whole link and they'll take you through exactly how they proved that and no it does not come from anything Laura Ingalls Wilder herself wrote this year a couple books came out one was back to the prairie a home remade uh, a life rediscovered by Melissa Gilbert and the other one is Freedom's Furies, How Isabel Patterson, Rose Wilder Lane, and Anne Rand Found Liberty in the Age of Darkness by Timothy Sandifer. So these are very different books. The first one, Back to the Prairie, is the latest the Gilbert cycle of books. She did one talking about, well, sort of a memoir the second one was a, uh, originally, it was a book about her behind the, um, the scenes look at Little House on the Prairie, the TV show. Uh, and she, and ha it's a, 
relatively small book, and looking at it, they decided to add some cookbook recipes to it to kind of pad it out a little bit. And so she's gotten that one, and I actually uh, got her to sign, I think it was that book. She did like four um, book signings around the country, and one of them was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and one of them was in Iowa City, Iowa. So I got to see her do the Cedar Rapids one. And this this last one is a memoir of her time. Basically, since she divorced Bruce Broxleitner uh, to basically the present day. And um, if you want to know what she's doing now, it's an excellent chance to find that out. And she reads the audiobook version herself. So uh, if you want to hear exactly what Melissa Gilbert is doing today, this is the book for you. Uh, Freedom's Furies is from the libertarian age and or angle. And the reason that Isabel Patterson, Rose Wilder Lane, and Anne Durand are put together is because they are known as the three grandmothers of the Libertarian Party. They all wrote books around the same time that are sort of considered the kickoff of the party. If you are unfamiliar with it, the Libertarian Party is extremely on the right end of the spectrum. They are big believers in uh, small government and individual responsibility. And a couple of books have been written saying that they think that really impacted the Little House books. And I haven't gotten this book read yet. It is also available as an audiobook, and I am really looking forward to reading it. And I'm really, I, I think there was just a lot of stuff going on in 2022, and I hope there will be more stuff going on in 2023. I have been going through emailing people asking questions, trying to get some dates and things knocked down. And when I finish doing that, I will be doing another episode that is for uh, looking ahead for 2023, and we'll see how that uh, works out and if we uh, find a bunch of other things going on or not. Uh, Probably my next episode, and I do not have a time set yet, is going to be interviewing my friend Kelly, and we're going to be talking about taking trips down to one of her favorite places, New Orleans. And with Mardi Gras going on, I figure this is a great time to talk to her. And the 2023 uh, Looking Ahead episodes coming up, and we've got more YouTube videos ready to come. So there's just a lot going on this month. And... I think that is probably about where I am going to end the episode. And let me get to the right place. 
I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I hope you liked the Facebook portion and the podcast portion and that you will want to join us again. Remember to find us all around the web on Trundlebed Tales and remember to brighten the corner where you are.